Section 21 of Good Morning, Boys and Girls by Rev. Thomas J. Hostey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Letters from God. Good morning, boys and girls. I think it's a lot of fun to get letters, don't you? It's always very interesting, too, because you wonder who is writing to you and what they have to say. If you've ever been away from home for any length of time, I know you'll agree with me that there is nothing like getting a letter from home. I found that out when I started at the seminary. A seminary is the school where they train the young men who are studying to become priests. Boy, how I'd love to get a letter from home. During the few minutes it took me to read the letter, I felt as though I were home again. Many was the time when I read the same letter three and four times, just to cheer myself up. If you've ever been homesick, as I was, the first few weeks away at school, you'll know how much a letter from home means. I wonder how many of you realize that you have never been to your real home yet. That sounds queer, doesn't it? Why, you came up to church this morning from your real home, didn't you? And you're going to go back to your real home right after Mass and eat a dandy breakfast there. Oh, no, you're not. The place where you live with your mother and dad and your sisters and brothers is not your real home. Who can tell me where their real home is? That's right. Our true home is in heaven, with God himself. Some day we shall live there with God forever. Our Heavenly Father has sent us many letters to remind us of our true home. Who can guess how many letters Almighty God has sent to us? I thought that question might stump you, so I'll give you the answer. God delivered seventy-two letters to us. Ordinarily, we don't speak of them as letters. In fact, we use but one word to refer to all those letters put together. I'm sure that you can guess what that one word is. But to make it easy for you, I'll give you the first letter of that word. That letter is B. Yes, the answer is the Bible. The word Bible itself comes from a Greek word which means a book, but when we speak of the Bible we mean the book, which contains the seventy-two letters that God wrote to his children on earth. He didn't write all those letters in a few weeks' time, though. He wrote the first letter about fifteen hundred years before Christ was born and he wrote the last letter about sixty-three years after Christ had risen from the dead. Of course, Almighty God didn't write those letters with his own hand. Instead, he used a number of different men, as his private secretaries. Big businessmen, you know, don't do the actual writing of the letters to which they sign their names. They dictate the letters to their secretaries, and the secretaries do the actual work of putting the letters down on paper. But the big businessmen are really the authors of their letters and they are fully responsible for everything to which they sign their name. Almighty God is the true author of the letters which we call the Bible. He put the thoughts into the minds of the men whom he chose to write his letters, and he saw to it that they did not make any mistakes in putting his thoughts down on writing material. That is what we mean by the big word, inspiration. That is what we mean when we say that the men who wrote the various letters contained in the Bible were inspired by God. Let me tell you a little more about the Bible itself. It is divided into two big parts. The first one is called the Old Testament, and the second one is known as the New Testament. I can hardly blame you for not knowing what the word testament means, because it comes directly from a Latin word, testamentum, which means an agreement. But if the last letter in the Bible was written over 1850 years ago, how come the second part of the Bible is known as the New Testament? Well, the reason is this. The first forty-five letters were written before the birth of our Lord, and they contain the Old Agreement, or Old Testament, which Almighty God made with the Jewish nation, His chosen people. 
The last twenty-seven letters were written after our Lord died on the cross, and they contain God's new agreement, or New Testament, with the members of all the nations in the world. Practically everything in the letters of the Old Testament was written in the Hebrew language, but the letters in the New Testament were all written in Greek, except the Gospel of St. Matthew, which was written in a tongue called Aramaic. Later on, a few hundred years after the last letter was written, a very brilliant man, and a saint too, by the name of Jerome, translated all the letters of both the Old and the New Testament into Latin. Translation means to change the words from one language to another. Most of the copies of the Bible which we have in the English language have been translations of St. Jerome's Latin Bible. God's letters to us are not always easy to understand, even though some of the smartest men who ever lived have tried to explain them to us. There is a good reason for that, too. Some of the things which God speaks about in his letters will not happen until sometime in the future. Some of the things which he refers to are connected with his own personal life and with life in the next world. Naturally, we'll have to wait until this life is over before we can appreciate exactly what God meant by his words. Almighty God knew that it would not always be easy for us to understand his letters. That is why he gave us someone who would help us to figure out what he meant in his letters. If you have difficulty in understanding what something means in a book, you go to your mother or father and ask them to tell you what it means. If we have any difficulty in understanding what any part of the Bible means, all we have to do is find out how our Holy Mother, the Church, explains it. One of the big reasons why Christ gave us a church was in order that we might have someone to explain the Bible to us. I'm not the least bit surprised that he did that either. When the men who wrote the Constitution of the United States finished their writing, they did not think their work was over. They insisted that a special group of men, called the Supreme Court Justices, who were some of the most brilliant lawyers in the country, be always available to explain any questions about the Constitution. The founding fathers of our country were very wise in making this arrangement. The history of our country has proved that everyone does not always agree to the same meaning of some of the words and sentences in the Constitution. Yet the Constitution of the United States was written only a little over 160 years ago. It was written in the clearest language possible. It was written in a language which we still speak today, and it did not contain any mysterious or prophetic statements. But the Bible was written by many different men, under God's inspiration, over a period of about 1600 years. It was written originally in a language far different from our own. It contains many statements about things that are mysterious by their very nature, and yet we are bound, under the most severe penalty imaginable, to follow the teaching of the Bible. Christ, in sending his apostles to convert the world, said, Preach the gospel to every creature. He who does not believe will be condemned. Since the Bible is the word of God, and it is so necessary for us to understand at least a part of it to get to heaven, we would expect Almighty God to give us someone who would explain the Bible to us. Certainly, God is far wiser and far more powerful than the men who wrote our Constitution. God has not failed us. He has given us someone to explain the Bible to us, the Catholic Church, and He did for us what our founding fathers wished they could have done for the Supreme Court of the United States. He made it impossible for the head of His Church to ever make a mistake in explaining the true meaning of the Bible to all His people. Don't ever let anyone tell you that Catholics don't respect and love the Bible. How can a real Catholic do anything else, since the Bible is the word of God himself? If you don't read the Bible, as you get older, you'll be very foolish. How can you think very much of your true home, if you never read the letters which God sent to you about it? End of section 21